And now, broadcasting from their secret hideout, Checkpoint XP presents a show about comic books and superheroes. Robbie Landis, Joe Sloan, The Other Identity. It's a comic, a movie. No, it's a podcast. It's The Other Identity. And welcome, everyone, to the next issue. Now, if you're new to our show, we are, of course, about comic culture. We come from Checkpoint XP, which means each week at uh, 1 p.m. Eastern, you can find us here at 1 p.m. Eastern every Tuesday at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. That's if you want to catch us live. You know, we talk about the basically the world... The uh, or the world of comics at large. Uh, but before we get into today's show, I'm going to go through a few housekeeping as we usually do. We like to remind all of our listeners that we don't just do comics here. If you like what me and Joe have to say, uh, you can also find us on Checkpoint XP, the nation's first syndicated talk show dedicated entirely to esports and gaming. You can find out more about that over at CheckpointXP.com. Make sure to follow our social medias, CheckpointXP on Twitter and Facebook, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. From our flagship show to the daily shows, we also have low team damage and Overwatch talk show, Checkpoint76, which is, of course, dedicated to Fallout 76, and we have content for every other type of gamer. With that out of the way, though, let's get started. Let's jump right into it. We're talking about the new Sony, the new Spider-Man movie, into the Spider-Verse and what this is going to mean, not just for Sony, what it could mean for Marvel and animated shows of the superhero variety going forward. Joe, what did you think of it, man? All right. So this is one that uh, that I did not really want to see, like based on the previews. I wasn't really. Like, Why? Yeah. You know, I didn't see like my first pre. Like, I think the first preview I saw for it was uh, at Ralph Breaks the Internet. So like it was like I didn't have a whole lot of time to hear about it. Actually, uh, you you should have saw the uh, the post credit scene for Venom was actually Venom, in, yeah. an excerpt from from the movie. Yes, uh, and honestly, I didn't really care for the animation style they were using at that point. Um, it, it seemed like maybe it was just because I had just come out of Venom, but that you know hybrid comic. Uh, animation style they used was very strange and it wasn't until I saw that they were bringing in the different comic styles from each of the different uh, universes of Spider-Man mm-hmm. that like I, I kind of understood like, oh 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 it's that's the Miles Morales comic style okay you now know, I get they, it uh, they also um, Sony actually copyrighted that animation style which is it's kind of like a blend of CG with hand drawn aspects to it Yes. Um, so, having gone to see it now, I loved it. I thought it was so, so good. It was fantastic. Like, all right. So, so let's let's go ahead. Well, I, we should probably try to stay spoiler free, shouldn't we? Like, uh, I would say that. I mean, we need to talk about obviously, you know, the premise. But yeah, we don't need sure, to spoil. Sure. It, okay. So, um, <laughs> where to even start here? So, um, I mean, the basic premise of the movie is that uh, it's it's Miles Morales' story. Uh, his his becoming Spider Man, the ultimate Spider Man, uh, as it would be. Uh, uh, meanwhile, Kingpin has assembled a uh, collider, which he's using to create a black hole, and it's uh, melding different you know, parallel universes mm-hmm. together, and hence all the different Spider-Men from the different universes appear 
in our universe. Yeah. And of course, they all have to team up to try and stop him. And it's very much, as you said, Miles' story. This is very much an origin story for Miles. And actually, being a big fan of the Ultimate Timeline, honestly, the the way that they sort of went about telling this story, uh, because it does still include the death of Spider-Man in it, uh, yep. because that's a big staple for you know Miles becoming uh, the hero that he does. And I also like how one of the timelines that it harkens back to, the, the other Spider-Man, that, that is actually Tobey Maguire's timeline. <laughs> right. Yes. Which actually makes uh, a lot of sense when, when those rumors popped up that they actually wanted to get him to voice that Spider-Man. Yeah, that it does explain a lot. And you're right, uh, the, that they use the Tobey Maguire uh, timeline. And really, how many of the different timelines uh, are involved in it is what really kind of blew me away. And the fact that, like I say, they borrow the animation style for each of those timelines. The first time we saw Spider-Gwen's uh, timeline, and they've got that weird light effect on all of her panels. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, yeah, yeah it's, I, it's you know, straight I out actually, of the covers. It's really cool. I actually didn't even realize. Like, obviously, when you look at the characters themselves, you know, because Penny is anime and uh, Spider Ham is obviously like cartoon. Like, besides right. that, I actually didn't even notice the, the the whole like when they're in their own panels oh yeah. Wait, yeah and each of the sequences where they kind of explain like where they're mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. Wa- watch the animation style change because it changes to look like those comic books yeah that's that's really cool honestly i was i was always really impressed by the animation style even when i saw the the trailers um i think the reason it wasn't off-putting for me is when I saw this, what it reminded me of was what Sin City did with its like sort of uh, uh, cinematography of that movie, right? It's literally like right. they peeled it off the pages. I thought that, that was a really cool, really cool take on it. So, yeah. Uh, so, I, I think what really uh, sells the movie, obviously, are the different uh, spider people. Uh, uh, because they make them all so different and you really stay true to each of their characters. Uh, getting to see, you know, Spider-Man Noir. <laughs> what did you think screen. of uh, Nicolas Cage? <laughs> I didn't realize it was Nicolas Cage until the end credits. And I'm like, really? oh my God, it was. Yeah, oh, I, it, it did not. Like, I, like every other voice I kind of put together. Like mm-hmm. when I realized it was John Mulaney playing yep. Spider-Ham, I'm like, oh, that's amazing. Uh, but yeah, then we got I, we got to the end credits, and I'm like, man, Spider-Man Noir was great, and I saw Nicolas Cage. I'm like, you felt oh. dirty, didn't you? No, I felt a little like, how did I not pick that uh, voice right, out? Fair, fair. I've actually been reading a lot of like behind the scenes sort of stuff, and, and apparently they said it was uh, it was really fun to write for Nicolas Cage, right? Because he has all these like weird like slangs and stuff like that, and they're like, you know, we basically got to make up a lot of what we wanted to, and and they're like, you know, you sit down to to write the line, and you think, man, this is Nicolas Cage, and he does such a great job with it. We want to hear him say like twenty different things even if they're never going to get used. And apparently a lot of the stuff that ended up on the cutting room floor was stuff that would not have been appropriate for this movie. <laughs> That's fair. I, I can definitely see it. Like, cause you get that. Oh, oh, and we seem to have lost Joe there for some reason real quick. Joe, no, what is it with you in technology? Why is all of your tech such crap, Joe? All right, so we'll wait for Joe to hopefully reconnect in. Um, uh, one of the things that, that I wanted to mention that I thought the movie did really well, which I think I was... Had you told me about this beforehand, um... I don't know that I would have thought that this would have been a good thing. I don't know if if it's something that that I would have been looking forward to seeing, but they pack a lot of different villains 
into this film, which, I mean, I guess uh, to a degree makes sense considering how many Spider-Men we're packing into the film as well. Uh, right, seeing that new take on Green Goblin. Oh, and, there uh, you are. Now you're back. Yeah, it's weird because I never left. I still hear you that through that whole thing. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah that was what was weird. That was probably uh, just Discord being a piece of crap then. Yeah, uh, so getting to see their, their take on Green Goblin. Which is the ultimate Green Goblin, by the way. Is that what he looks like in the ultimate timeline? Um, um, he eventually, like, gets to that point, like, the more and more that, uh, that Osborne, like, you know, messes with his self yes and actually another great callback to the ultimate timeline when uh peter parker is finally killed he's basically going up against yeah this giant hulking version of the right. goblin like that uh and uh, like seeing the prowler of oh. all people dude spawn was so great in this movie man it was so <laughs> nice of todd mcfarlane to uh, let them borrow Spawn, yeah. That was literally the first thing I thought when I saw him. I'm like, did, did did they get the rights to Spawn? Uh, did I miss... Did Image go under? Did I miss something? Yeah, no, I thought it was really great. I, honestly, not even just Prowler, the whole Aaron Davis thing, like, all of that for, for Miles and how, you know, it was his uncle as well. Like, like honestly, they did such a great job with this movie. Yeah, um, yeah. The, the, like you said, the various characters and villains, because they had to pack a lot of people Doc onto the screen. Doc my this. favorite. I didn't even see it coming because I'm an idiot, but I should have. That was so amazing. I, I was shocked, too. Yeah. I didn't see that coming. Uh, just just the line, uh, or like, let me guess, they call you Doc Ock? And they're like, no, they call me Livia. <laughs> my <laughs> enemies, <laughs> though. <laughs> Uh, it's a that's a great line, and and uh, again a different take on uh, Doctor Octopus. Mm-hmm. Those are not like the the tentacles were very they look like rubbery almost. Those that were actually very cool. Yeah, man, I I, I really dug everything everything about this movie. There isn't a whole lot that I can uh, that I can talk bad about. I loved how like that version of Peter Parker was basically Bruce Wayne as well. <laughs> Peter B. Parker. Yeah, yeah. Um, what did you think of of Aunt May? I thought she was fine. I thought, she, I thought she she served her purpose just fine. And I mean, you know, being how uh, being what the Peter Parker of that universe was, it kind of made sense in a way. She was kind of the Alfred, I guess. Yeah, because I was trying to remember: um, does that Aunt May from that universe know that he's Peter Parker or he's Spider Man? Yes, at some point uh, she does find out. And actually, there's actually a certain point in the Ultimate Timeline too where the the Parker household kind of turns into a halfway home for uh, like teen superheroes. Like obviously Spider-Man's there. Uh, Human Torch ends up bunking up with them. Iceman. Uh, I think Kitty Pro- like, like, like There's like five or six different ones. It, it, for a few issues, it's like the real world meets superheroes. It's okay. a lot cooler and funnier than it has any right being. But yes, right. Um, Aunt May does eventually uh, know who he is. Yeah, that's that's fair. Um, Trash Panda TV says Robbie never says criticism on Marvel based films. Well, you know what? They keep being good. Yep. And uh, actually, and 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 this is that that's actually a great time to to pivot to one of the other points that I wanted to make and that I wanted to talk about here. Um, first of all, Marvel's never getting Spider Man back. Like when you look at the, the weird runaway success that Venom ended up being, and now yep. you look at the fact that they've realized that with animated movies they can make a bajillion dollars. That's it. 
Spider-Man yeah. is Sony's forever. Disney yeah. will now have to buy out Sony if they want him back. Or, or license out the character for, for a movie at a time or something well, like that. Which is what they're already doing. We actually just recently found out, too, that written into that contract now is that when Sony does other movies, if Marvel wants to keep like dealing with them, uh, they have to let them use Tom Holland in some movies as well now. So there's rumors that he's oh. actually going to be in the Venom sequel. So see, Sony has found a way to wiggle their way into the MCU. Not a big fan of that. But in this particular case, you know, there, there was actually a, uh, a review that I had seen of uh, an earlier review of Spider-Man that was basically uh, that Sony took advantage of our... Um, our low expectations with animated movies to make this great, great spider film. And when you look at what DC does, where's all of their success been? Uh, animated films. In their animated films. And now it looks like Sony has finally been able to latch on to this. And you have to imagine, too, that at this point, Marvel proper, seeing how successful this has been, will probably also start to launch some uh, some animated movie initiatives. Uh, Ryoku mentioning, then there's a time where Peter Parker throws away his relationship to Mary Jane just to get Aunt May to come back to life. Quoting maybe one of the worst Spider-Man stories of all time. Uh, really? That, I, I, have I, you I, never I know, read know, One know, More Day? I know of that. Oh. I haven't read it myself, no, but uh, wow. Joe Quesada ruins Spider-Man, the book. Aww. I'm sorry, man. It's, it, uh, is not wrong. Bad, huh? Oof. It's, it's so, like, cause it's not like, he literally, like, uh, makes a deal with Mephisto, yep. uh, that he will give up his, uh, wedding, his marriage to Mary Jane to get more time with Aunt May. And you're like, that's, that's a horrible decision, Peter. What are you doing? You date a lingerie model. Like, I don't know. It's not good, man. I, uh, having lost people close to me, I, I get the I get the urge there. Yes. So yeah. But you wouldn't like if you were married to Katie, you wouldn't give that up. I don't think. I mean, obviously not. But like, just like like the premise itself, I don't think is a terrible idea. You understand the the impulse. Yes. Yes. So yeah, I, I'd, I'd have to read the book to actually you know see if if I did. Agree because you know people said the same thing about uh, Ultimatum, where right. uh, where where Magneto tilts the poles of the Earth and you know causes cataclysms all over the place, and people are like that was the worst blah 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 ever. And while I get people's criticism of it, like all the heroes that died just for shock value, I was still entertained the hell out of it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it was like the uh, was that the uh, Axis storyline where they all like. Uh, invert what like heroes become villains and villains become heroes no 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 ultimatum uh the uh basically magneto you know being the terrible terrible person that he is that thinks that all human life should be wiped out because mutants are what's next he has a uh, forge created device that amplifies his powers and he actually uses uh he gets to the point where he can actually tip like take the 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 poles of the earth because that's that's you know magnet you know uh the electromagnetic field and he actually rotates the axis which causes the weather all across the earth to basically just go bonkers like new york is hit by this gigantic tidal wave wow people are drowned this is the one where uh hank comes across uh the blob eating janet uh, oh, giant man bats his story. head off. Yeah, like like there definitely is a lot of like shock value death in it, but um, no, I, I still thought that it was pretty pretty insane, and I was like I said, I was entertained out of it. So exactly, yeah. I mean, a lot of the times those like 
again, it's a, it's a matter of expectation. When someone tells you it's the worst book ever written, well, it's a lot easier to enjoy the, like the small things in the book. Mm-hmm. You're just looking for the good stuff versus when someone's like, hey, have you read Civil War? It's the best book ever written. And then you read it, you're like... Well, it's all right. I'm sure it was a lot more impactful in the 2000s. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm sure it meant a lot more in 2006. Mm-hmm. So uh, my, my my question for you now is, is again, with, with this success, we're obviously getting more into the Spider-Verse uh, movies. Um, I've also heard rumor already that Spider-Ham is potentially getting his own movie. Um, <laughs> I hope so, because John I, Mulaney was so great. I mean, yes, but can like he was a great side character. Yeah, he doesn't carry a movie by himself. Yeah. Now, I mean, unless you make it like a kid's cartoon movie, if you do that, then maybe. Perhaps. Perhaps. Uh, I also heard or read a story about how behind the scenes, like when John Mulaney wasn't recording a line, he was dropping F-bombs left and right and up and down and all over the damn place. I, I I enjoyed him so much in that in that movie. I came home last night and just like watched two John Mulaney specials yeah. on Netflix. Like yeah. that's like that was my night mm-hmm. after that. So, what do you think this this looks like going forward? Do you think that that if if Marvel continues on this path, not just Sony, but if Marvel gets into this as well, do you think that we could see a trend where they start raising our expectations on animated movies the way that they did on normal superhero movies. And then we could actually end up seeing DC falling behind the curve in that regard as well, because this was also a theatrical release. I don't think that DC has ever tried to put out theatrical releases of their animated movies. Yeah, I mean, I think they have for a couple, but, you know, only, like, the biggest ones. Uh, And only, like, limited releases. You're right. to, To get a full, you know... Nation, international theatrical release is definitely different uh, and, and, and kind of the benefit of having Sony behind you. Although DC has Warner Brothers, so what's their excuse? Um, I, I don't know that we'll see like a changing of the guard necessarily just because like even if Marvel gets really good at doing this, DC's animated movies are all, are still really good. They mm. are like... Uh, there, there's, I, there's one aspect of it though that has kind of always bothered me that Marvel is absolutely going to tear it to shreds. They've now set up with the Spider- with Spider-Verse movie uh, an established canon for the movies as well. With the DC movies, there's always been like sort of a general overall canon, you know, that, that it kind of follows. Like, you know, relationships, you know, different things like that. You know, how different characters feel about themselves. But there's there's always stuff sort of before and after that I think they just kind of want you to sort of uh, assume, right? Sure. And when Marvel comes out and if they do this whole Into the Spider-Verse thing the same thing, the same way that they did the MCU, I, I don't know that I'm going to be able to go back to the DC films. And, and sure, like, they're all... I think that's what they'll end up being. They'll end up being all right. Well, the, well I mean, the DC movies are all self-contained. Like, you know, they're stories. Right, right. Uh, now, you're right. Marvel could do what they've done with the MCU and make it all kind of this interconnected universe, which is very interesting. Uh uh, for me, though, that doesn't take away anything from the DC movies. There's nothing wrong to, for me with you know a vignette story. I really can appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Which is, and then you get things like um, you know the Batman uh, animated movies, which most of those do kind of like any of the ones based around the WB show uh, have some sort of interconnected story. Whether it's you know Mask of the Phantasm, Sub Zero, or even the Batman Beyond series, which followed it, and you know Return of the Joker. Uh, it's interesting when they do play off one another, but it doesn't take away anything for me from, you know, Flashpoint Paradox or Justice League War 
or um, uh, Justice League Dark. You know, those are all stories that are very self-contained. Uh, and they still are really good movies. It, you're right. It'd be interesting to see kind of like a grand story kind of start piecing itself together out of all of that. But DC's like superhero universe isn't quite built that way. Um, and real, to be fair, neither is Marvel's universe. They just made it work that way for the movies. <laughs> right. All right. Well, uh, um, let's let's take our own personal preference out of it for a minute then. And, and, and let me ask you this. Uh, Robbie, your poor kitten is so sad right now. Damn it, cat. All right. Here's what I want. Here's what I want to what I would like you to explain to the to the audience while I go and take care of that cat again. I know she won't shut up. She's ruining everything. She loves you. When oh. was the last time? Time, uh, a DC movie, a DC animated movie came out and you watched it day of. Because the last oh. one, the, the, the last one that I watched, I think, was the Teen Titans Judas Contract. That's the right? same for me. Okay. That's the same for me. Because I, I think that was probably the last animated one that came out. And if I remember correctly, I think that I watched it like one day. It just ha- it happened to have popped up on one of my streaming sites. So I'm like, oh, I got nothing better to do. I well, guess that's I'll the watch thing. it. When I don't was the think last time that happened with a Marvel movie? Well, I think... Okay, so... All right. Yeah, Be right so, back. Yeah, for sure. So, to that point, I think that uh, the DC movies definitely lack from marketing uh, versus Marvel movies. When a Marvel movie is happening, it is plastered everywhere, and you know it's coming, you know it's going to be out, you know exactly the date. Uh, even this, uh, you know, this, the uh, Into the Spider-Verse was tagged onto the end of the, uh, uh, in the post-credit sequence for Venom. It was, uh, there's a trailer for it with Wreck-It Ralph. Uh, you know it's coming, and part of that is the theatrical release. With DC movies, a lot of times their animated stuff goes super, super under the radar. Um, you get, uh, like, even when Judas Contract happened... Uh, She's it, been taken care of. Okay. So basically what, I, what I'm trying to say is that uh, Marvel does a much better job of letting people know when their movies are coming out. So DC did that very briefly with things like Judas Contract uh, and Batman and Harley Quinn when those movies were... And um, okay, okay, so they did uh, Dark Knight. So uh, sorry. You're, sorry so, so your reasoning, since you just came on the tail end of it, is just that Marvel has better marketing and PR? So Marvel has way better, not just a little bit. Marvel uh, actually puts the effort into uh, promoting their animated films. DC has, for a long time, all their effort has gone into promoting their live-action films, and their animated films are still coming out, but they've always had this kind of mentality of, People who want to see these love them and will go seek them out. Okay, but that's not um, the only thing, because if they put all that effort into their their you know normal films, like you just said... I don't think that a lot of people worry about going and seeing those day of. They, they don't because they haven't been good. The point is that they've spent their time marketing their movies that aren't good for a long time versus the ones that continually are really good. Like, I'm not saying Batman and Harley Quinn was perfect, but it was really good. No, it was I, a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed it as well. But again, and I knew about it coming out ahead of time. But that still wasn't something that I felt like, man, I need to see this. And I think that's something that Marvel does well. And what they're going to bring into the Spider-Verse is because all of these movies are interconnected, whether it's a direct sequel or not, is it gives you this urge or this need to know what happens next. Even though something like Ant-Man and the Wasp wasn't going to have a direct impact 
impact on Infinity War, we still needed to see it. Well, I mean, and for some people, sure. It, I mean, it's worth noting that I didn't go see Into the Spider-Verse until we decided that we were going to do it for this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, had you knew it was going to be that good, would you have been there day one? Absolutely. But to be fair, if I had known Judas Contract was going to be that good, you know, I would have gone to see it on the theaters day one, too. Judas Contract was like an 8 out of 10. It, I mean, fair. This was, what, a 9 out of 10, probably? See, you want to know what other movie I was actually really, really excited about, and, and, and still am, but still haven't watched, is the ninja Japanese samurai Batman thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But still, famous book, famous book. still haven't seen it, because, like... <sighs> That's fair. I mean, I guess it's not to their detriment. Like, I don't want this to come across like like DC needs to do the whole extended universe needs to have everything pieced together. But Marvel definitely has stumbled across this sort of magic formula that, by doing so, it creates this this urge with within fans. I think that we need to see what happens next. We have to know what happens next. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, you, you look at something, uh, you look at the DC animated films, and I will, I'll admit this straight up, they're great binge movies. Like, the way I typically watch DC animated films is every so often I go, huh, I haven't seen an animated Batman film in a minute, and I'll just binge, like, three or four, uh, you know, actually, DC animated that's, movies. That, that's what I originally did, too, was I just went a streaming site that had all the DC movies in the chronological order that they came out. And yeah. I just started like the first one and just in, in, in went all through them. And I, I guess here's, here's my, I don't like calling it a problem because that makes it seem like a negative thing. But I think where the DC movies, because again, they are good. I enjoy watching them. But I think where they fall short is when I'm done with a DC animated movie, I feel like I just watched an extended episode of a TV show. Whereas when I walk out of a Marvel movie, I don't feel anything like that. Like that was, that was a, that was a fucking movie. That's the, that's the thing, though. I mean, that's something that I've always appreciated about the DC animated films is that they do feel like extended episodes of whatever their source material is. When uh, when Mask of the Phantasm manages to capture the spirit of the animated show that well, I appreciate that. Or uh, uh, Trash Man TV is pointing out Gotham by Gaslight, which just came out and was awesome. See, another one that I was really looking forward to, but I'm not I'm not in a hurry to watch. And and and, and I get that. You're, you're right. When, when the movies capture what the TV shows did, sure. But that's not quite the, the the aspect of it that I mean. You know, when we go and see a Marvel movie, we talk about it. Like, everywhere you go, you talk about it. You want to talk to people. You want to get their reactions, their theories, stuff like that. When Katie and I watch Teen Titans, we don't usually normally talk about those afterwards because it was just an episode of the TV show, right? Like, it didn't do anything special or anything crazy. And that's that's what I feel like the DC shows. Like, they're good, but I think that we, I think we do have lower expectations for them. And in, in, in fact, in the case of DC, I think they're in a really unique place because their movies are so terrible that we, I don't want to say we have lower expectations, but I think maybe we have a greater appreciation for the animated films because these are actually good. I, I, I think so. I well, listen. Like 
I feel like that does take away from the animated films a little bit. Yeah. I think the animated films are legitimately good, but where I do see things like that is when we walk out of Justice League and we try to say for a minute that, like, oh, Justice League was pretty decent, but that's only in comparison to other films that have come before it that were terrible. Mm-hmm. Like, Justice League is not great. And even, like, Wonder Woman, which got heralded as, like, one of the best movies of the year, you're like, no, it's way better than most DC films, but it still has a laundry list of problems mm-hmm. with it. Like, it still doesn't touch a Marvel film. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, just, I, I feel like after seeing you know the the unique style and the way that Into the Spider Verse was handled, I don't know. Like like like, like I'll go and watch a few DC of the animated shows this you know this this coming week. Again, uh, Gotham by Gaslight is out. There's the uh, the Batman uh, one that's, that, that that takes place in Japan. See how I feel about those afterwards because I feel like I feel like especially if they continue on with this man, what they did really I feel like upped my expectations for an animated superhero film. Well, and here's the other half of that too is uh, it's a mistake to give Marvel all the credit for that. This is a Sony film. Fair, but no, fair. You don't have the Marvel role at the beginning. You have was the Sony. There? there was no Marvel role, was there? Uh, you know what? I'm going to leave it to your expertise on that one. Uh, we came in literally in the opening sequence because we were running late after the show oh. yesterday. So I only like I think we came up as the Sony logo hit the screen, uh, I, but I didn't see a Marvel crawl, and there were some credits still. Hmm. That that man. Maybe that, the chat can help us with that. That's one. actually going to if Marvel had literally no input on that. Like, like Sony wasn't even like, hey, what do you guys think? I'm going to be even more surprised. But still, that... Hmm. Wow. Yeah. And at the end of the day, uh, it was a big... Yeah. All the credits at the end had Sony plastered mm-hmm. all over it. But, it was their stuff, which but, is interesting. But again, looking at the success of this, if Marvel and Disney don't come together and go... Because, I mean, they, they, they put out some, like, Netflix little things, right? If they don't come together and go... Holy crap! Yeah, this is this is worth doing. Like, mm. well, that's the mm. thing is, I would love to see Marvel get more into that because I would love an X Men movie in that in that vein. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? I would love something like along the lines of like X Men Evolution or things like that we had in, in the nineties. You know what would be what, what I would really love, right? Is if Disney and Marvel came to Sony and was like, "Look, what you guys did with Into the Spider Verse, that was amazing." Yeah, imagine if you had our entire stable to work with you give us spider-man and venom and all that live action stuff and you guys handle our animated mcu how does that sound is that that, that's a pretty good deal right Ooh, that would be so interesting yeah Uh, i know that i would but man i don't know that either side would be willing to do that i i just think but it would be like fun to see you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. if they would try something like that um but yeah i'd love to see hey maybe that's how we finally get a good fantastic four movie Dude, I think now that uh, now that the Fox properties are back over at Disney, I think we're going to get it. And in fact, I think so- something that we definitely have to look into is when this whole Marvel history is going to be obliterated thing that's been going on that they're teasing with the comics with the Fantastic oh, yeah. Four coming back. I think that that's going to be our earliest clues on what we can expect for the next phase of the MCU. So we have to make sure to keep our eyes on that. Ooh, you yeah. think we're going to get some clues for the post-Endgame world Not, in the comics, huh? I, I, I do, because they've actually, they, they've, something that Marvel has tended to do is they will use the MCU, what's going on in the MCU, to help push promotion for certain sales. They, like, for example, when the Guardians movie was coming out, they put out a new Guardians of the Galaxy comic with the new team, obviously, right? Right. But around the time that, that uh, Civil War 
was ramping up to come out in theaters, what storyline did they revive in the comics? Civil War Two. They did Civil War Two. Exactly. Yep. And another reason why my Annihilation Wave is sort of like my 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 pet theory is I think that they've just recently done another uh, or a newer Annihilation Wave comic series. So interesting. Something to something to keep your eyes on. You know, with 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 the Fox deal closing, it just seems very. I don't know, opportunistic that suddenly now we're going to start doing stuff with the Fantastic Four when they have been completely vacant for who knows how long, as long as there have been terrible Fantastic Four movies, basically. That's true. So uh, I know we said we weren't going to do too heavy a spoiler, but can we talk about the post credit sequence? Here's the thing. Here's the thing. So best post-credit sequence ever. So we we had actually, we had went to the 1240 show. It's about a yeah. two-ish hour movie right yes and katie's car was in the shop they closed at they closed at three and this movie got done at like 240 and it's about a 15 minute drive so i have not seen the post credit scene yet but what we can talk about what we can talk about what we will leave the show on here is that stan lee cameo all right, well, well hold up. Was I, I mean, right or was I right? First of all, the Stanley cameo was brutal. Uh, <laughs> it was very hard to watch uh, and very touching. Uh, and I really there's appreciate it. There's no way that it. was planned. There's no way that was no. planned. No, there's no way that was planned. Oh, that my was, gosh. That was brutal uh, and hard to see, but I'm sorry. You, you have to see the post credit yes, sequence. No, now it that you've not, reminded me, now that you've reminded me, I will see what I can look up. It's not plot relevant. So don't okay. worry about that. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of. Uh, it is just, it is what I wanted from this movie. From the moment I heard the plot, I was like, I, oh my God, I need this scene. And, oh, really? and they give it to you. Okay. In the well, we, uh, we, we, if we can, if we, if we remember to in a few weeks, we'll, we'll wrap back around this and, and I'll give you my reaction on the next show. Uh, right. Our next episode, we're talking about Aquaman. Yes. But uh, we're getting into the holiday season guy. And next Tuesday is actually going to be christmas Christmas. day and the tuesday after that is going to be new year's Year's day yeah new year's day so uh sorry guys we're not working on holidays our apologies for new year's day Uh, guys so we'll probably be off next week maybe the week after we'll just do it on a different day because we're gonna want to talk about aquaman yeah yeah Yeah. we can definitely probably off next week and we'll be back the week after okay so uh that's gonna be it for us today though guys Uh, remember to check out all of our social medias if you haven't already it's the best way to connect with us uh uh, obviously, over at twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP, you can catch these shows live. We encourage you to do so. We love reading people's uh, reactions out of the chats. So when people have comments or questions that we think add to the discussion, we pull those out as well. So please, 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 twitch.tv slash Checkpoint XP. Come and follow us. Hang out with us. Uh, you guys uh, help make the show possible. And uh, your interaction makes the show better as well. Uh, anything to add, Joe? Nope. Uh, make sure you guys are uh, here every night from 5.30, uh, 5 to 7 p.m. generally, uh, Eastern Time. And right now, the well, by the time you guys hear this on message, I guess it won't be the 12 Days of Checkmas anymore. But make sure you're here next holiday season for the 12 Days of Checkmas. I'm sure we'll be doing that again. Um, and yeah, come back in a couple of weeks. We'll be talking about Aquaman. And uh, we'll see what it's like when we go from the Marvel Universe into the DC Universe. Oh, God help us. All right, well, that's all that I have, Joe. Take it away. Will Aquaman be any good? Will Robbie actually see the post-credit sequence? Will Christmas suck this year? Find out next time. Same Twitch channel, same Twitch time.
BackstageCountry.com, your online home for all things country music. There are five country music superstars under 35 whose careers are skyrocketing. Several are major headliners selling out stadium shows all over the country. Text superstar to 45911 to see if Kelsey Ballerini made our list of young superstars at BackstageCountry.com. Text superstar to 45911 to get a link to the list sent right to your phone from BackstageCountry.com.